You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Here's some interesting bit of news that I actually saw that happened about a year ago, September of 2018, when people got a look at Tiana and how she would appear in Wreck-It Ralph 2 and said that she looked too white. The bone structure was not correct, and they thought she was being whitewashed, and even they started to think Pocahontas maybe was a little whitewashed, and so Disney went and made some changes to the animation because they didn't want to have a black princess suddenly appear to be white. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some pixie dust around. Think up that happiest thought. And let's fly away to Neverland. I am, of course, and the head lost boy around here. You can call me Jeremy, or you can call me the Spider Pan, because all of us lost boys, we do have nicknames around here. All of our pixies have nicknames too. We don't have any lost girls around here because girls are too clever, they don't get lost. And I will ask you right now, if you do enjoy the show, make sure you go to iTunes, leave us that nice review in there because every little bit does help. We want to spread our fun to as many people as we can. We want to be like a viral disease of goofiness, pixie dust, and fun. This town needs an enema. And something that I'm finding to be really goofy, I think I I must have missed that this has become a thing. There's like this bottle cap challenge, and I guess you're trying to open a bottle in an unusual way, perhaps? I don't know, I've only seen it twice. Somebody had posted this up with Jason Statham, star of, well, lots of movies, uh, where he, uh, he does a little bit with his hand, kind of a hand strike, and then he does this foot strike and kicks you know, it manages to twist the, the top off the bottle. And I shared it on my Facebook page. I thought, that's pretty cool. And I asked the question, how many takes, though, before he got this right? Because, you know, it's it, it took probably more than one try because that's a very precise thing. Uh, and then uh, Dan, I won't give, I don't give last names and everything, uh, but he sent a video into that where Donnie Yen, you know, from Rogue One, and if you happen to have Netflix, they've had some of... Uh, I think it's pronounced Ip Man. It's the guy who trained Bruce Lee. Uh, they've been making movies about him, and Donnie Yen played Ip Man. It's a, oh, it's a great movie. It's you're gonna have to read it in subtitles, uh, but I really enjoyed it because Donnie Yen is just pretty awesome. Anyway, you know I really loved his character in Rogue One. But he sent a video of him blindfolding himself and then kicking the cap off of the bottle by you know, by doing a twisting because so you got to get your foot to go across the side and twist the cap off but i i missed it when did this become a thing that i apparently it's the bottle cap challenge uh this if, if i'm required to kick the cap off the bottle i tell you right now there is no way i am going to succeed at this and so i'm not even going to try but you know these people who are doing that you know 
all power to them. They look really cool, and you're much more skilled than I will probably ever be in my life. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're stuck! We suck! I gotta mention also the strangest casting that I'm very confused about. Inconceivable! Tom Holland is playing Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie. And I, I, I don't understand. Apparently they're making a prequel. Uh, something that happens before what the Nathan, Nathan Drake that we'd be familiar with from the Uncharted game series, which, by the way, if you have not played any of the Uncharted games, I do recommend them. They're a whole lot of fun. Eric has enjoyed them as well, and he's better at finding those little items than I, I than I am, I think. Uh, he's gotten a lot more, I think, accolades from PlayStation for, for finding all these little hidden things. So he's really good at finding it, but there's like little hidden items to find. But it's basically, it's Indiana Jones, basically, is what this is. Uh, with a little bit more, maybe, not really parkour, but a lot of climbing and stuff. And I just don't see Tom Holland in the role, even though I guess they're aiming for a younger. I I will wait till the trailer comes about. But when they, they announced that casting, I was kind of like, really? I You know, because... Apparently, Chris Pratt turned the role down, which he would have been an awesome Nathan Drake. And then Nathan Fillion, did y'all see this? He did a short fan film uh, based on being Nathan Drake and even had a nice little gun scene that was kind of almost video game-ish the way it was shot. And Nathan Fillion was really awesome for a Nathan Drake. So there's all these people who could have been good. I still don't know why Chris Pratt turned down the role. I'm sure he has a good reason. Uh, maybe he doesn't feel he wants to be typecast or something because it's, it's almost too perfect for him. I don't know. Plus, he might also be wanting to spend more time with his newly updated family. He did recently get remarried, so congratulations, Chris Pratt. Uh, but he turned it down, and so they have cast Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake. And so I... Why, well, I guess I have no idea what to expect from this at this point. Because, uh, you know, Tom Holland, is a, he's a pretty good actor. I, I find him to be a little whiny as Spider-Man. His vocal tones are a little off, and... So, I don't know, I think he needs to, to man up a little bit for Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake is a very different character from Spider-Man, you know. Uh, so, I, I want to see what he brings to the role, because I, I guess that's who we got. So, I just, I found it to be a, a strange casting. But there's been a lot of strange casting going on here lately. Really get a load of me. Some other things, though, that were pretty big this week. Well, I guess we might as well just dive into the news. the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. So this one, I'm sure this affects a lot more of you probably than it does me. I don't think I've watched anything he's in, but Cameron Boyce, who's been on several Disney Channel shows, and uh, I'd, I'd heard this before, but Clayton Neal did let me know that he was in several popular Disney shows. He played Corellian DeVille, uh, or at least the son of Corella DeVille. I, I'm not sure, I guess, if Corellian was the name. Seems like he might have made a typo. I don't know. But he was in the Descendants films. Uh, also in Grown Ups 2, which I didn't see in either of the Grown Ups movies. So I don't really know much or familiar with him. Uh, but he did pass away, apparently, to some complications for some sort of condition that he had. Died very, very young, though. Only age 20. 
somebody, though, that did uh, die at a fairly old age, and you might remember this from months ago. We, menaced, uh, we, man or we mentioned Dennis Day, a former Mouseketeer, uh, had went missing, and uh, I don't want to dive too far into this because it's very, very sad, but apparently he was murdered, and they do apparently have a suspect. Uh, I didn't catch if he was completely in custody. Uh, I, you know, I have not followed that this close. It's very sad news, and I didn't really want to dive too far into it because I don't like to get into the sad news too often. Um, and that's we. I was hoping for a different turnout from that, uh, that they would find him maybe just a little silver alert or something, and he would just turn up. Uh, another bit of weird news, and okay, so I prefer to get things confirmed if they're a little off the wall, or you know, some of this would be super exciting. But I like to get more of official confirmation, and I don't like to get information from just like comicbook.com. Here lately, they they'll reference some some other website or something else, and I won't be able to track it. So I, I usually I try to get confirmation on a story before I, I go and report it to you, or I'll get it directly from Disney. But uh, inside the magic.net actually posted up something that apparently on a new Blu-ray release, they're going to cut one of the blooper reel scenes where Stinky Pete is talking to two Barbie dolls about he might be able to get them a role in Toy Story 3. Uh, they're basically saying they're cutting it because this would be like a Me Too offensive type of scene. Uh, now, I wasn't able to confirm that this is true. This sounds like something that flies around by rumor. Uh, I did ask in our, our Facebook group if anybody could confirm this. So far, nobody has. Uh, another thing that I cannot confirm is an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit series coming to Disney+. Plus. Everybody keeps referencing a resume posted up, but uh, the person's resume is from 2015. It's dated. The document is dated, and I couldn't find any reference to Oswald, so I'm not sure what they're talking about. So I cannot confirm nor deny an Oswald series, because I would like to have an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit series, but I just can't find anything that really confirms either of these two stories that happened this week. But I figured I would at least bring them up, but I'm going to state right now, these seem to be rumors, and so until we get something a bit more official, I wouldn't get too excited about either of them. One thing I did find, though, is strawberry-flavored Red's Revenge Dole Whip is now coming to Walt Disney World. Of course, you remember Red is the new version of the Redhead in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, but the exciting thing is the strawberry-flavored Dole Whip. Now, where I live here, uh, I'm in Gladstone, which is just outside of Kansas City, and another suburb in Kansas City, Liberty, I have mentioned this before, has Dole Whips. And they have had this flavor over there, but I haven't tried it. I'm excited to try it out one of these days. Uh, they also have, like, an orange flavor. I think they even have raspberry, but I'm not too fond of raspberry. So I'm not really planning to eat that. Uh, but I thought it was pretty cool that they have some raspberry stuff in there. So very, very interesting stuff. There's only one man who would dare give me the raspberry. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Beautiful, Mary Jane, just beautiful. Mm, yeah, there's something special about Sunday morning in Central Park. Soft summer breeze and cool green trees, shafts of golden sunlight filtering down through whispering leaves on young lovers below. Hey, how about that? Rod McEwen, eat your heart out. I hate to tell you this, Petey, but a poet you ain't. Oh, is that so? But your heart's in the right place and you do have redeeming features. Yeah? Like what? Oh, uh, well, uh... Ooh, listen. Listen to what? The bells, the old cathedral bells. I love that sound, don't you? Who, me? Oh, sure. Hey, 
All of a sudden, my spider sense is tingling. So silvery clear, so pure, so near. A poet, MJ, you also ain't. I'm tingling like crazy. Old spider sense is screaming danger. Mary Jane, look out! Peter, that tree cut in half clean as a whistle just where I was standing before you pulled me away. Like it was hit by lightning, only there's not a cloud in the sky. What could it have been? I don't know, but let's get out of here. Something tells me this is the beginning of big trouble. Trouble is, I don't know what the trouble is. Well, here we are, back in the hot, muggy streets of New York. Some ending for a Sunday morning in the park. Oh, forget it, Petey. Just one of those things. Let's walk over to Jefferson Center and see what's on for tonight. Okay, though I'm not exactly in the mood for Mozart and all that kind of goings-on. Uh-oh, here comes that trouble, only sooner than I expected. Look, Peter, those police cars are headed towards... Oh, wow! All right, all right, stand back, everybody! Jefferson Center! It's gone! Wait here, MJ. I gotta get a closer look and some pictures for Jameson. Hold it, Mac. Where do you think you are going? Here's my press card, officer. I'm a photographer for the Bugle. Did you see what happened? It was weird. I'm sitting right here in the squad car, looking right at it, and pow! Like lightning out of the blue. No warning. No nothing. Five million bucks worth of cement and glass one minute, a pile of dust the next. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Stand by for special orders. This is the commissioner. Hey, the top brass got to be pretty important. At 11 o'clock this morning, a series of simultaneous bombings leveled buildings all around the city. Jefferson Center on the west side, the International Exchange downtown, a U.N. mission on the east side, and the University Library in the Heights were destroyed, among others. No clue as to the identity of the bombers. <laughs> All off-duty officers report for duty immediately. Patrol cars and bombed areas proceed with caution. Further instructions will follow. Sounds like time for Spider-Man to go into action. Well, thanks, officer. I've got my pictures. Uh, Mary Jane, I'll call you later. Gotta get this stuff down to the bugle. It is 11.45 that night. Outside a deserted warehouse downtown, a glimmer of light shines through a boarded-up window on the top floor. Inside, Sean Strickland, sound engineer at a top New York recording company, stands facing the most formidable array of electronic equipment ever assembled under one roof. <laughs> I baited the trap, and now just a few minutes, and I'm on my way. Dumb cops will never figure out how the bombings were done. But Spider-Man will, and he'll walk right into my trap. <laughs> and when he does, I, Sean Strickland, son of Sonic Man, will destroy him. Power, how sweet it is. At that very moment, swinging his way through the canyons and rooftops of mid-Manhattan, Spider-Man thinks aloud as he approaches his rendezvous with death. Whoever is responsible for those bombings laid them out in a neat circle around the city. At the same time, he hits the tree in the park like he's aiming an arrow for me to follow. Not to Jefferson Center, but from the center to the tree, and then straight on to... Ah, there it is. The cathedral right smack in the center of the circle. Uh-oh. Watch it, Spidey. Old spider senses ring a tingle in a way like those bells. The bells? Of course! Why didn't I think of that before? Yes, Spider-Man, you were a little slow. You've kept me waiting. Huh? 
Well, what do you know? Sonic Man! I should have known. No, not Sonic Man. Ultra Sonic Man. Now I see why there were no bomb fragments, burn marks, or radioactivity at any of the bomb sites. Sound was the weapon. Correct. By combining an ultrasonic intensifier with my multidirectional macrosonic disintegrator, I magnify the sound waves of the bells into an incredible destructive force. So that each stroke of the bells was spreading a circle of destruction around the city. But why the tree in Central Park? I knew your bird-brained friend Peter Parker was there with his girlfriend, and that he would get you in on the action. Whew. At least he doesn't know that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are one and the same person. Uh, how come, chum? Why me? Nothing personal, you understand? But by destroying Spider-Man, I'll show the world, and more particularly those dim-witted, no-talent studio execs, that I, Ultrasonic Man, who they call Sean Strickland... The recording engineer at XYZ Recording? Right. I'll prove that I'm the greatest sound man of all time, and I'm starting right now! So it's the web slinger versus the bell ringer. Wow, gotta get out of the way of the sound waves of those bells. And faster, I'm a dead duck. Too late, Spider-Man. The bell's told for you. <laughs> but not for long. How's this for a fancy web shot? Got him! All the bells in one web. And now that your bells have gone bye-bye, little man... Just be a good boy and give yourself up. Oh, yeah? Well, just try this on for size. Jumping Jehoshaphat! A sonic ray gun just barely got out of the way. <laughs> My miniaturized microsonic disintegrator, one attached to each hand. You mean used to be attached to each hand? Man, he's fast. Got away from two of my best web shots. And yikes! I'm out of cartridges! <laughs> the sonic jets on my feet make me the fastest human alive, besides being the most powerful. But enough of this chit-chat. Say your prayers, Spider-Man. He's poised on the spire of the bell tower. Here I come! He's diving straight at me! Both disintegrators firing and me with no weapon! It'll take a miracle to get me out of this one! Well, what do you know? The bells, they broke loose from the webbing. Help, Spider-Man, help! My sonic jets have gone dead. I'm falling, falling! How about that for a miracle? The vibrations from the bells put his jets out of action. But I just can't let him fall. Ah! Gotta grab him as he comes by. Oh, there. Got him. Now, to take some of the broken webbing from the bells and wrap him up in a nice little package for the police. Did you hear what happened last night? Spider-Man captured the Mad Bomber. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was a recording genius who invented this gizmo that turns bells into bombs or something. Well, I'll be a ding-dong daddy. He's got these things on his hands and his feet, and the whole thing was a trap for Spider-Man, and you wouldn't believe what happened to Mama, now the gator got you in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. We have excellent news. The matchmaker has found you an auspicious match. It is decided. Come and sit down. 
It is what is best for our family. Yes, I will bring honor to us all. Quiet. Composed. Graceful. Disciplined. These are the qualities we see in a good wife. These are the qualities we see in Mulan. It is my duty to fight. Okay, so this trailer, there's not a lot of dialogue in the beginning, but some things I've noticed that have changed. It looks like Mulan has a sister, which that's new. Uh, but what I am hearing, and uh, we may have gone over this. This movie was supposed to have come out uh, like a couple years ago, I think, and we're or at least last year, and we're just now finally getting a teaser. So I guess they've been trying to tweak it and rework it, but I don't remember if we covered this or not. But from everything that I'm hearing, there is no Mushu. And none of the songs are going to be here. Now, the songs in Mulan were pretty darn good. So I'm kind of sad to see them go. And I guess if, you're, if they're trying to be a bit more realistic with it, they might be trying to, you know, uh, in China, they really didn't like the animated version of Mulan. They're used to more of an action hero style. They've done some films with Mulan, and they're like the old-style kung fu movies and stuff. Uh, so I think they're trying to be more appealing to the Chinese audience by not maybe making it any bit cartoony or musical or whatever. And uh, this... I gotta say, it looks like it's got more action in it, so I'm excited for that, because that's why I thought if you're going to make a live-action Mulan, you know, you could make it more adventurous, a bit more action. Uh, one thing that I definitely would like to see, because I, I'm going to miss Mushu. I like Mushu and Cricky. But I would like to see her start on, you know, because in the animated, what was great is she starts, of course, equal footing, and she's trying to find her way, and she has to learn as she goes and becomes a, becomes more of a warrior through the training, and she uses her wits and and sets herself apart by being smarter. And I don't want them to lose that, and I don't want them to pull uh, the mistake of having her just already skilled as she comes in. Uh, I, I want her to learn the skills with everybody else and find other ways to set herself apart, like using her mind. That would be great, because that's what made Mulan such a cool... One of the things that made Mulan such a cool character in the Disney film. So... That's my hope for this film. But overall, I'd say this looks fairly good, but I really am tired of these remakes. Yet I know I'm part of the problem because I keep going to them. Part of it is because I do want to review them, but I'm 50% of the time I'm not happy with it, and 50% of the time I do enjoy it, but I never quite enjoy it as much as the original. I mean, I did say earlier that Dumbo was my favorite of the live action, but Dumbo is still not a perfect movie. I liked it, but... I seem to be one of the few people who really liked it, but uh, I, I think I just I just love Dumbo, and I th he was really cute, and I enjoyed it. I gotta I say though, the like the second half of the movie when it moves into uh, the bigger circus area, it does start to drag a little, and it loses some of the charm a little bit. But I still did enjoy that, and I am still excited to go see The Lion King in a, in a couple more weeks. And so I'm a little bit part of the problem because they keep making money on these. And as long as they keep money, they'll keep making them. But, you know, 
they're casting the Little Mermaid, and I'm like, you know, please just don't remake it, just don't. And then the Snow White, they've talked about doing that, please just don't. And there's other movies they talk about redoing, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm getting tired of this. I want some original Disney. You know, I, I heck, I I still miss the classic Walt era Disney. <laughs> Those movies are still just so great to me, and they're still good Disney movies these days. But I I still I kind of like the classics better, so. I would, I would kind of like to see them leave those classics alone, as great as they are, and come up with new ideas. You know, like Zootopia was a new idea. It was different. Uh, but looking at what Pixar's doing, I mean, Pixar's always got, you know, they keep making sequels too, but they keep coming up with new ideas. And even some movies that maybe not everybody liked, I'm enjoying at least. Like, yeah, I mean, heck, we all loved Coco. There was an original idea. But Pixar, I think, is the new A-plus standard of animated films right now. And I would really like to see Disney get back on track with that and even doing great live action. I mean, right now they're they're relying upon Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios, two big, big blockbuster films. But, you know, I, I think Disney's capable of more, and I'd like to see it. Because uh, I, I tell you, it's making me a little sad. Uh, oh, and another thing that I found is Milton Kwan, who was an animator on Fantasia and Dumbo, passed away at 105 this week. Lived a good long life and had a great impact on so many people, especially with Dumbo. I love Dumbo. My wife absolutely adores Fantasia. So here he is in there. Uh, you know, he's long life and he has passed. Uh, and he did such a great contribution. So, anyways, that's where I want to wrap things up with news and uh, and reviews of trailers because I've got some delicate reviews to do of television. Hello out there in TV land. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. A Neverland podcast television review. So Stranger Things 3. Uh, I I actually had to work on July 4th, but I was working in the afternoon into the evening. So I went ahead and I said, you know, I went on July 3rd and I watched some fireworks in a suburban area. And so I had my time with some fireworks, and that meant basically on July 4th, I just kind of decided to take some time, and I was going to watch Stranger Things 3, although I didn't quite finish it until that Friday afterwards. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything from story, but I want to tell you some of my thoughts. Uh, I will say that this one, I think, was more like a slow burn instead of getting right into it, uh, like the previous series have been where, you know, it's, it's horrible and it's scary from the beginning, uh, almost. This one, it's got a few moments at like the beginning and the end of the first episode. It's just, it's hinting that bad things are happening, are coming. But it's almost more funny. This was, the first few episodes was almost teen comedy and it's slowly, it's all coming. But yet, you know, still highly enjoyable. The main story of what was going to happen in the season comes along slowly, but very enjoyable as just kind of teen comedy. Uh, as all, all of our characters that we're familiar with are you know, kind of on that cusp of starting to grow up a bit. And there was some definitely some growing pains that you could see some of the characters go through. And so that was very, very interesting. And the plot line, I like that we had villains on two fronts to be dealt with. Which we, I guess we kind of had before because we had the lab and then we had what the lab had done opening up the upside down. But this time it's a bit more than the, just the la the people in the lab and the upside down. There's, I mean, because there's definitely a connection, but now it's like a whole new threat. And uh, I, I found it very, very intriguing. I really did get into it. Uh, I still enjoy the characters. They're still very, you know, they're all the things they go through and their characters and good character development, even with the new characters. And they're trying to make 
Lucas's little sister a little bit more likable, but she's still that's that kid's just got a bad attitude. Really, little Erica, and she's she's a bit more prominent and a bit more important to this story. But you know, I'd still she's got some personality flaws. I hope she's going to grow out of. So we'll see. But still, overall, enjoyed the characters and their growth and development and new friendships that they're forming and. Uh, uh, even getting into getting to see a more of a friendship between Eleven or Jane. I was kind of hoping they were going to start calling her Jane now that you know she knows her name. Uh, and Max, you know, they they become more friends and have that girl bonding time. I I, I really enjoyed that because it fe- I felt like Eleven and or L got to be more of just a regular little girl, teenage girl. Uh, and I love seeing that her developing as a as a human, you know, getting away from a lab and the way she was trapped, but getting to be just having a regular life. I really, really did enjoy that. That was really good. Uh, but I don't want to spoil anything of what happens on the plot. But you know, it, is, it does get thrilling. But this was this felt more sci-fi than horror compared to the other two seasons. There's they had a lot more sci-fi elements, but we do have some great monster uh, chases and action and just. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I will say make sure you stick around until the very credit rolling and maybe a little bit after credits because there's one last additional scene. Uh, this this series did seem like they were wanting to wrap things up maybe with just three, but they did leave some things where a fourth one could happen. And I expect it probably will because this is going to be Netflix cash cow other than the Dark Crystal, I think, uh, when Disney Plus fires up and takes all of their content away. So Netflix has got to make sure they're still competing with some of this original content, and this is one of the best things that they have going for them. Uh, this became a pop culture phenomenon. And so part of it makes it a, such a phenomenon is the the retro references that pop up. And uh, golly, I should have been making a list. Uh, other than all the different fun shops you'll see in the mall, like even a Sam Goody and... Steve is kind of working, uh, well, it's, it's it's an ice cream shop, but it almost it felt like an Orange Julius to me a little bit. I don't know. Uh, there's, a, you'll see a gizmo plush doll being won at a carnival. If you look down at the lower end of the screen, there's a prize being passed. And they don't wave it at the camera, but you can tell it's gizmo. Uh, so there's uh, Gremlins references and uh, Dark Crystal music being used in one scene. And even... Uh, I, I can't be the only one that thought this, but there's one character who, and he's even dressed like the original Terminator film, with the gloves even. There's a, definitely a Terminator type of character. I mean, he's human, but he's very much Terminator, and they even, you know, they have a bit where he even can get shot and supposed to be killed, and he gets back up for a particular reason. Uh, so it's very, very cool, all the references, but I thought it was kind of cool that that character is pretty much a reference in and of itself. He's a little bit of a mixture between Terminator and Ivan Drago, <laughs> at least I thought. But all the, all the fun 80s references and, and even the clothing, uh, just really enjoyed it. And even the music and the, even the music that they pick that says something about the scene. Uh, there's like a confrontation with one of the villains in Eleven that as the the villain is escaping, it starts playing, We'll meet again, don't know where, don't know when. And it's so appropriate. So the music choices in this, especially this season, but even in this series, have been so great. And I really just had a grand time with watching this entire season, binging it. I don't know if my wife has sat and watched it. She was kind of a little upset by some of the stuff they did in the second season. And rightly so, because... There's a character death in the second season that just felt so unnecessary. He was such a great character, and uh, I, uh, I, I even I rewatched the second season again, and it's still it's like you know, there, 
that that was a shock value thing just to do to us because we really loved that character. But I guess it just shows that no one is off limits on who could be killed in these events. But now it's time for a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me! Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time! Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You going to be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work. Because I am going on vacation. Heads up. Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. Answer the phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh! I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. We could have used someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do, and you're coming with us. There's gotta be someone else you can use. What about Thor? Off-world. Captain Marvel. Unavailable. But I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please, you've been to space. What do you want, Peter? I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You're right, you may not be ready, but this is my responsibility. Saving the world requires sacrifice. Sometimes people die. I always feel like I'm putting my friends in danger. The world needs the next Iron Man. Are you going to step up or not? I gotta get you guys out of here! Get on the jet! Who are you? I work with Spider-Man. You work for Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan! The Amazing Spider-Man. Alright, now I know I've said many times how I was very disappointed in Spider-Man Homecoming. I gave it credit for being, as a film, it's entertaining, but for being a Spider-Man fan, it was kind of insulting in a lot of ways, including the character of Michelle, which if they could have cut her out of the movie, I'd have been happier. And to make it more gnawing and grating, they have in her saying that her friends call her MJ, uh, to which I refuse still yet to call her MJ because she's not Mary Jane. She is Michelle. 
Uh, also, the fact that I got teased along with a character they called Liz, which I thought must be Liz Allen, but clearly was not. They should have given that character a different name. I don't think that's fair to the fans to tease us like that, that we're getting a new character we're familiar with from the Spider-Man universe. Uh, also, Tony Stark felt a little bit unnecessary in Homecoming, and I didn't understand him completely berating Spider-Man for attempting to catch the bad guys on that boat. And yes, it did go wrong, but that's the bad guy's fault, not his. And Spidey was doing all he could to keep the boat together and save those people, and he should have been commended for his efforts to trying to save the people. With you know, get, it's nice getting an assist from Iron Man there. They work together as a team, but I didn't like that he got berated for that because everything about what he's doing fits with being Spider-Man. That he feels that responsibility, he feels that responsibility to try to save everyone he can and to just do the right thing. And that means even catching that bad guy because of the harm he could cause. And you know, with selling all the weapons in Homecoming. So I mean, there's a lot of things about Homecoming I really just didn't like. So, going into Far From Home, I was having very low expectations. The trailers, I was pretty skeptical because I was afraid of what they were doing with Mysterio. I didn't really want to see his face. And I was like, man, I'd rather he not know what is up with this Mysterio guy until they pop the helmet off later. Uh, I, that's what I was kind of would, would hope for. I, you know, cause I, I sh you shouldn't see Mysterio outside of the bullhead unless you're, you're revealing his identity or something. Uh, but, you know what? Even with seeing his face, they did have some fun with revealing who Quentin Beck really is. And I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm going to be quiet about that. But the way they handled the character was actually fantastic. They met all of my expectations and more of what that character should be. They made Mysterio, who can some, who sometimes gets goofed on for being fishbowl head, you know. They made him a credible threat, and it was fantastic. And there's some wonderful scenes where poor Spidey doesn't know what's real and what's not. And we have, where he hasn't had much for his spider sense in Homecoming, they dealt with him kind of learning that spider sense and how to work with it and trust it a little bit more. It's, it, it became kind of a thing of him being able to make use of it. And they even have, if you've seen some newer commercials, they even have some fun with it, calling it his Peter Tingle, uh, which I thought was hilarious. It's kind of a nice run-on joke. Also, some other things that improved in, the, in Far From Home is Michelle got an overhaul. She was a lot less, uh, I don't know, irascible is the right word. She seemed less grumpy. She smiled more. She was more friendly. And she was much more likable. She had some charm to her. And they, to where she would have, and they even have a bit where she kind of comments on the fact that she says these facts that really she can't help saying, but really just not, it's, it's just, it ruins things, you know. So, But they made it to where it was part of a charm for the character. So now suddenly we find Michelle likable. But I just wish they would call her Michelle and not MJ. Uh, so I, I I started to actually like the character. So that was that was nice. And so that, that was definitely fixed a lot of problems. And they finally got some good Spidey action going. And letting Peter tinker and create some of his own gadgets at one point was great. Because that's the way... I wanted to see it. That's one of the things that was great about the PS4 game, which if you haven't, if you don't have a PS4, then get one and get the Spider-Man game, okay? If you're a Spider-Man fan, you're going to love that PS4 game. It's so great. And one of the fun things is all these gadgets that Peter gets to make. And having a bit where he's getting to make some of his own gadgets was great. Instead of just, you know, getting stuff from Tony Stark, I this was much better. I, it's like he's coming into his own and becoming more of a Spider-Man instead of Spider-Boy, you know? So it was great, and I actually really liked this movie, and it was super funny and a super good time and lots of fun and some over-the-top fun action. It just, it's, this was everything right. They just got everything right this time. Uh, there's a few things I, my wife wasn't happy about, like these two teacher characters, because she's a teacher. She didn't like the way they were kind of dumb and 
seemed disinterested in the students or something, I guess. I She'd probably explain it better, but she didn't really like that. Uh, and there's a few things I could probably nitpick. But overall, it was such a good time. And I, I really did have low expectations going in. So I was like, all right, just, you know, do something. Show me something. And it did. This really showed me something and had me laughing pretty early on in the movie. Uh, I just had such a great time with this movie. So I definitely give a recommendation for this one. This is definitely more like it. This, I think, is more on par with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which also was another one that I wasn't sure if I was going to like because the animation looked a little choppy. But after you get in there and you start watching that movie, that movie was just so much fun as well that, oh, yes, that's that's two years with two good Spider-Man movies here because we had one last year and now we have one this year. So that makes me happy as a big Spider-Man fan to have some good Spider-Man movies just makes me happy. So if you didn't get out a chance to see this one yet, go check it out. Uh, it even does help resolve a few end game things and kind of tie a few loose ends up. Just a lot of fun. So, yep, go see it. Let's take a ride at a Disney park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh.
for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. 
All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true.